It's one o'clock and time for the services from the Calvary Baptist Church of Gainesville. Now, Pastor Raymond Laddie. Today I'm going to share with you Elisha and the two bears. It's much more than a much more than a a fable or a fairy tale or a nursery rhyme. It's a real event that happened and God taught through it. And we see many things in this scripture. Now, this is one I haven't studied a lot and I've I've really not heard uh, talked about, and you may, as we read the scripture uh, from God's word here, you may think, wait a minute, that's a little bit inappropriate for a Sunday of baby dedication, but I would like to uh, remind you, and we'll, we'll see this here in a minute, it's anything but if we dig into God's word and we look at things in context. All scriptures, as bizarre as they may seem to us in the way that we think or the culture we come from or whatever it may be, are there. Uh, by inspiration of God, through the prophets, through the writers, through the apostles. And this one is no different. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23. And I want to lay a little bit of context down because it's always key to an understanding these scriptures. And we talked about this a while back as we, we dug down into the scriptures and how to try to interpret them, of course, along with the help of the Holy Spirit, but the tools that the Spirit gives us to use. Our translations, our context of the time and the place and what was going on politically, uh, whether there were wars going on, whether there were good kings in power or bad kings, geography and what was going on in certain cities, all these play a part in the greater message that God has for us. So we're going to look at an interesting example of how God works through nature, how he works in miraculous ways, and he's sending us a message today. Uh, verse 23 says, and he, talking about Elisha, keep in mind he had just received the double portion from the prophet Elijah. And Elijah had been taken up as a foreshadowing of the rapture of the saints, had been taken up to heaven. And before that happened, he was given a double portion of God's spirit because Elisha was going to need it. The nation of Israel in the time that Elisha and Elijah served, it was a time much like our nation's going through. It was a time of, of idolatry. It was a time of a, 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 a thumbing uh, culture's nose at God and his word. So these men and all men that are of God and, and, and are in the ministry have to have an anointing of God. They have to have God's help or they're going to fail miserably. They're not going to... Uh, serve the purpose that God has for them. And that's going to be more and more the case because these men were persecuted. They were, they were tortured many times. Uh, they were beheaded. Many things happened to them because they stayed with the word of God, yet God strengthened them. So this double portion was not just a spiritual blessing. It was, but it was also a blessing in the physical realm. It would be a blessing in many different ways, and we'll see that here. So Elisha was traveling to a place called Bethel. Now, at the time of Elisha, what had happened for years and years and years, a wicked king named Jeroboam had taken worship away from its rightly place in Jerusalem, and he had sent the worship centers out to Dan and a place called Bethel. Now, Bethel had had a, a very uh, godly background or a very... Uh, reverent toward God background uh, because of what happened with Jacob and because of uh, it was a spiritual center. But what Jeroboam did was basically thumbed his nose at God and they had gone back to the, that Baal worship where children were 
sacrificed and where horrible things were done. It was a, the old religion of the Canaanites. And uh, so he had set up temples and shrines in both Dan and Bethel to worship Baal, B-A-A-L. Baal worship still goes on today. This god that's named here with a lower case is really a, a demon uh, masquerading as a god and it is worshiped today in the world that we live in. Does They take different names, they take different forms, but these gods have returned, lower G, because Christ has been pushed out. And he warned against that. He said, if you push me out, if I indwell a man and he runs away from me or he... Uh, you know, turns from me, then the demons will come back and re-inhabit sevenfold. And that's what's happened. That's why we're seeing such a dark and evil time that we're living in today. When you substitute Christ with the things of the world and Satan leading the world and Satan, good things are not going to come. Good things are not going to come. So Elisha was sent at, right after he got that double portion. We'll see where he miraculously crossed the Jordan River on dry ground. We'll see a pattern here. And he was sent straight to Bethel because here was a man anointed of God, a prophet, who had God's word for an unbelieving people. So don't you see the age-old battle of good versus evil, the serpent versus the lamb, God versus Satan, on and on and on. We see a picture of this. It manifests itself in nature and in other ways too. So it's in verse 23, and it says... And he went up from thence unto Bethel. And as he was going up, by the way, there came forth little children out of the city. This is where it gets kind of funny for some of us especially. And mocked him and said to him, Go up, bald head. Go up, bald head. So some of you gentlemen here today, probably all of us to an extent, can take some solace in the fact that the Lord might work on behalf of those who get made fun of for, you know, some physical reason. So Elisha was traveling, and, and as kids do, or were these kids, we'll get to that in a minute, it says something here, they were being, Elisha was being mocked. Evidently, the man was bald. Now, that could have been from a physical issue. Many times lepers were bald because of what it does to the skin and that illness. Or maybe he was just a man who had early baldness because he would have been in his 20s probably, a very young man. So they began to mock him. And listen to what they said, go up, bald head. Now, if we look at a translation from the Hebrew, which is always important, basically it means little children, but also little children in spirit. But most likely, according to the translation, which is Noor Tolen from the Hebrew, they were young men. They were servants of the idolatrous priests and leaders in Bethel. So they heard, they knew Elijah. They hated Elijah because Elijah was God's man. So they had heard about the double portion and what had happened, whether they believed it or not. So they saw Elisha coming. They knew that Elisha was headed to Bethel where their stronghold was. So as Satan always does, he sends out his elements. He sends out his army. Sometimes he, he uses men. We know that. that that's, that's pretty common and, and pretty obvious. So they were lined up along the road, and they were not only mocking Elisha for being bald, but it's telling there because they said, go up. They were mocking the ascension of Elisha, Elijah 
into heaven, and they were saying, Elisha, get out of here like he did. We don't want you here. One thing about Satan, and always remember this, is he fears the name of the Lord. He fears the name of the Lord. And we pray for our babies, whether they're tiny babies, seven months old, or whether they're 27 years old, uh, we need to pray for them in the name of Jesus because there's power in that name. We know that. So they were mocking him. They were said, oh, your God is so special, you bald-headed son of a gun, is what they were saying. These were young men. These were not little children. They were probably little children in the sense of their obvious maturity and their spiritual condition. We see this today. We see this today. And I, 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 my goal here is not to sound better than anybody else. I'm a very wicked sinner. I'm saved by the grace of the Lord through my faith in Jesus Christ. But we see grown men today who are spiritual children. We see grown women today who are spiritual children, and they scoff and they mock the things of God. Now, if you hadn't seen any of that, then you're either not paying attention or you don't get out much. I'll just say that, okay? And I don't know everything far from it, but they have no common sense uh, inclination of God. They're just taught to hate him. They're just taught to run from him. They're just taught that he's bigoted, that, uh, you know, he's the same God of, 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 of all these other gods. They're taught all the wrong things, and that happens in, uh, in their homes mostly, but in the schools to an extent. God bless our teachers. I know they're great teachers out there, and you all fight a tough battle every day. They're taught all the wrong things, and nobody's perfect, but it amazes me as we try to do ministry here on Sunday and Wednesday nights you got to start back before scratch anymore. They have no idea. I see that with adults in my workplace. Um, they, they're just, they, they just don't understand basic things. That's where we're at in America today. Now, we all have different understandings. I'm, I'm no theologian. I'm no prophet. I'm just a, you know, low on the totem pole of, of little Southern Baptist ministers, but there's no discernment. There's no, people don't know right from wrong. Good is called evil. Evil is called good. That's what you see here. So Satan sent them out and said, go torment this man who's coming. We, we're, we're scared of him, but we want him gone. We want him gone. So read on here. They said, go up, bald head. Ascend like your predecessor Elijah did. Let's see you do it. To call somebody bald in those days was very, very, uh, very, very disrespectful. Because men in Elisha's time, you know, it was almost a sign of God, or it was that they, you know, their hair grew long, their beards grew long. You know, you can read about Samson. So that was probably, it was a, for a, uh, uh, an uh, evidence of, the fact that Elisha was a man and he had weaknesses. Maybe he had an illness that caused his hair to fall out. We don't know, but yet he had had a double portion. He was God's man. God was sending him to Bethel, and Satan was already fighting that. So as we read on, he says in verse 24, it says, He turned back, he stopped, and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. Now, he wasn't using four-letter words here. He wasn't... Uh, you know, uh, you know, 
using bad language. He was using stern language because it was a spiritual thing, and Elisha would have had that discernment. Christian, have you ever had a discernment of someone, and they're lost, and we love them and pray for their salvation, but you can just sense, you can just sense in them that they're not led of the Spirit or of God. They're lost. They're more led of Satan. We have people like that today walking among us that are, I believe, that are, that are demon-possessed. How could you go into a school and, and kill innocent children if you were not? How could you uh, turn into a totally different being and viciously hurt someone? So he had a discernment. He knew it wasn't just those young men. He knew who was behind it. He knew that their tongues and their mockery was controlled by Satan himself, that old serpent. He knew that. So he wasn't so much cursing them as individuals. He was cursing the one that had empowered and sent them. And we have to have discernment today. I'm going to tell you, you have to have discernment of your surroundings. You have to have discernment of the places you go to. We, we ought to have discernment not to go to some of the places that we go to. I mean, let's just be real and honest with ourselves today. Because they're not good places for a child of God. They're not good examples for our children. We're not serving the Lord when we go to these places. Unless he sends us there for some kind of ministry. But we can use that as a, as a little bit of a cop-out. He looked back on them. He cursed them in the name of the Lord. And all of a sudden, two big brown bears. And this, I did some research on this. This is a bear that still exists called the Syrian brown bear. It's just a smaller version of the grizzly. You know what a grizzly can do to you. Two Syrian brown bears came out of the woods and tore the 42 of those children, mauled them. Now, that's some power right there. This is God's man. He was made fun of, and it wasn't the fact so much that he was bald or they were making, it was Satan making fun and mocking God. That's what it was. You always have to see beyond the physical. God teaches us in the physical, just as Jesus did. So they come charging out of the bus. Now, there ain't nothing meaner than a she-bear. You know, we have mothers today who call themselves mama bears, and I can guarantee you if you cornered their children with intent to do harm, you would be mauled in some way as well it should be, the maternal nature that God gives mothers uh, for their children. So I, could you imagine Elisha standing there and these bears are mauling these young men and the rest of them, 42 of them, were there getting torn limb from limb. We don't know if they died or survived. The scriptures don't tell us that. The rest of them scattered. God was saying, I am in control. I am fighting the age-old battle between the serpent, my nemesis that I threw out of heaven and his demons, the good and evil, God and the serpent, is a picture of the age-old battle, but it tells us and teaches us so many things that God will not be mocked. I'm here to tell you today, God will not be mocked. They can mock him all they want to in the, in, in the halls of Congress. They can try to get him out of uh, you know, schools, whatever. God is still in control, and he will not mock, be mocked, and he's going to send the bears of judgment out of the woods to maul those that so dare violate him and his holiness. It has to do with respect for God. It's the easiest way to put it that I can understand. We've lost our respect for God. Reverence. It's a big thing and a powerful thing to 
I said ordained last night. We got tickled. I said, we've got it Lily's ordination tomorrow. It's a dedication. Uh, we, we were laughing about that. And I said, I would take Lily's help. She knows how to worship. Amen. Uh, but it's a, it's a serious thing to have a baby come up in a family say, we want to dedicate our child. I guarantee you that by these prayers that we offered up today, that you'll offer up today and in the days to come, God will work in years coming. God's already heard those pleas. Right now, right, right today, this moment, and he'll keep the, he'll, he'll, he's going to go to work. He's going to keep her safe. I guarantee you I was protected and probably saved from death several times in my life because my parents, my grandparents, my loved ones prayed for me when I was an aggravating little kid. God works that way. He don't forget. When we come to him in faith and exercise faith, that pleases him. And in his excellent mercy and grace and his omnipresence and his, his just all-knowing power, he's got things covered in the days to come based on his will and his mercy and grace. So we pray for that for Lily today, and thank you for joining me in that. These bears came out and mauled these young men. You say, wait a minute, that's harsh. That don't fit into the narrative of God or, you know, our modern-day Christian ethics or all those kinds of things. Of course it does. God spoke uh, through donkeys. God sent hornets ahead of Joshua and his men to sting out the Canaanites. You see, one of the things that's going on here is a pattern of how God works. It's a pattern of Moses here. And if you'll go back with me just a few verses to 14, we'll see this. And it says, Elisha took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted, and Elisha went over. You see, it's a pattern of how God works through men. I'm here to tell you something today. God's got got men in place today that's still delivering his word. I don't claim to be one of them, but I know some men. I, I know a man who's very prominent and well-known, this Jew, a Messianic Jewish rabbi. I believe he's God's prophet to America today. It's from a Jewish standpoint. Jonathan Kahn, I may be proven wrong one day, but man, the, 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 what he says and reveals don't lie. It's, it's pretty deep stuff. That aside, Elisha crossed over and when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah does rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. And they said unto him, Behold now, be with thy servants fifty strong men. Let them go, we pray thee, and seek thy master. Lest peradventure the spirit of God takes them up and cast him upon some mountain in some valley. And he said, You shall not send. But if you, if you skip down... A little bit. God sent in uh, with Joshua, uh, or the, the pattern of, of Moses and uh, Joshua, and here with Elisha. God sent him out of the wilderness, crossed on dry land, Elisha did, and God sent natural phenomenon to prepare the way for his purpose. Did it in hornets? He did it here with two bears. You see, these young men would have stood in the way and were trying to stand in the way of what God was doing. That's the whole key here. They were trying to stand in the way of what God was doing. That's one of my, I don't want to stand in the way of what God's doing. If God's got a different plan for me or this church, I want to step aside immediately and say, God, you have your way. It's not about me. 
about your purpose, and it's about your people. Uh, so God dealt with them in a powerful way, okay? You see, and you can say this, you know, what's going on in Gaza today? Mainly with those terrorists, God came, they came against God's people there. And that promise still stands. I don't care what the, the, the leaders of the world says. And Gaza's paying the price. Now, we know there's women and children, but God will judge a whole civilization, you know, especially those, uh, you know, those Hamas fighters. And he's beginning to judge the militias in Iraq and Syria. But he's got a greater plan in that, and we won't go into that prophetic message. But Elisha was able to go on to Bethel. It's, a, it's the pattern that we see there. And those patterns play out, played out in Jesus' day. You see, here we have a picture of Christ, too. Satan tried his best to, to, to uh, kill Christ and to uh, him being a prophet but also being the Messiah to keep him from going, to, to keep him from fulfilling the, the purposes of God on the cross. But God was there making a way for that tiny baby. That's what we got to do for these babies. Family, you got to have enough respect for God to go to war for your babies in his name because we're fighting a war for their little hearts and their minds. I mean, my goodness, some of the stuff that's out there that I can get on to click on, it's... It's, it's, uh, it's soul-crushing. And we're trying to teach them the truth and how much God loves them and that there's an ultimate way, that he is the way, Jesus is the way, and he's got a plan for their life. That it's, it don't have to, to uh, you know, go a certain way, and that's tough when you're dealing with children. But what we have here is the age-old battle of God versus the devil, good versus evil. I want you to think about something today. What are you doing to prepare your children for this world? Are you making them a part of it? Now, let me rephrase that. That might not be the best term. Are you setting them up for spiritual success or not? Will they have any inkling who Jesus is when they're 14 or 15 years old? Tough questions. We all make mistakes and fall short. I, there's some things I wish I would have done differently. Definitely. But yet, we still have the power of God through Christ to make a difference in their lives. Parents, it's really, in a lot of ways, you're with them more than anybody. I can't, I can't imagine the times that my kids came home from school and we had to discuss things that they had questions about. Do we, do we discuss it and look at God's word and, or, or get some help from somebody else or do we just say, well, it's okay, just go, go do whatever. I'm on my phone or whatever. Terrible, terrible, tragic mistake. You see, God wants us to teach them, and it says this, I believe, in Deuteronomy. God wants us to teach them in the morning. He wants us to teach them in the evening. He wants us to lay down with it on our minds and it being on their minds. He wants it to saturate their life, and we've run away from that. We have kids. I mean, we've gotten to the point that we don't. kids don't know whether they're a girl or a boy. Have we gone down the rabbit hole? My goodness, we fell in that thing head first. And it's because 
just like these young men did. Basically, as a nation, I'll just be blunt with you, we've given God the double bird is what we've done and said, bull. And Satan's going, I'm going to maul your children. I'm going to maul them to death with fentanyl. And I'm going to maul them to death with pornography. And I'm going to maul them to death. They don't know what real love is. I'm going to let, you, let them see you two fighting and being at each other's throats. You see, because we've not included God. I don't say any of this today with anything except love. Because our children may be healthy physically. I see it every day. People coming in, you know, the, 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 the gym and all this stuff, and that's great. I don't go to the gym, and you can tell that. They are physically 100%, but they are spiritually dead as a hammer. They are spiritually dead. They don't respect God. They don't have time for God. They don't follow God. They're not teaching their kids God. And then they wonder why one day when things go down the hill, what happened? Out of love today, I'm trying to tell you, you have an opportunity. It can, it can apply to the grandparents. It can apply to any caretaker. Where is our dedication to the Lord and his ways? Where is our rediscovery of a house of worship? Where is... Our minds in this world today, Satan's throwing stuff at us, throwing stuff at us. We're living in a time of World War III. We're living in a time that the prophets talked about. We're living in a time that Jesus could come any minute, and we're asleep at the wheel. We done run off the road and hit four trees. But God can heal us spiritually, put us back on the road, say, I love you. You're mine. If I didn't love you, would I have sent my son Jesus to die like a filthy criminal and be mocked? You see, he was mocked by the thieves and by the people around him, the one thief. And they said, if you're the son of God, get us off of here. They were suffering. And the one said, Lord, he looked at that other thief and he said, we deserve what we're getting because we didn't believe. Lord, remember me. Just all he had, all he could say, all he had the strength to say was, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus didn't even miss a beat. That had to have stirred something within him because he was in full control. I want you to understand that. He was, do, he was there doing the work of the cross. That's more than we can understand. He looked at him, and I know he looked him in the eye. He saw the condition of his heart, and he said, today you will be with me in paradise. You can leave here today knowing that one day you will be with Jesus in paradise. You can leave here today on a new road. You can come down here today and pray over your children before we leave this place when we have invitation. I'll pray with you and say, Lord, I want to consecrate them to you. We all make mistakes. We're all human. But don't keep making those mistakes when God has shown us otherwise and instructed us otherwise to live godly lives. He can empower us to do so, and he will. It takes faith. Don't let the world move you around and tell you that you're not worth anything, your child's not worth anything. They are a precious jewel and a blessing. They're little canvases that one day 
God can use the dark colors in their lives to bring about light and bring about great works that he's done through them. But you're the instrument of that. You've got to get them to the palette. You've got to get them to the artist. You've got to come back to God. I'm going to sum up with a scripture from Revelation. Here's the summation of what we read about Elisha, the big picture, and what is soon to come. In verse 7, you know, we've been, this battle of good versus evil being fought on war fronts all over the world right now. It's being fought in halls of Congress. It's being fought in homes. It's being fought in churches. It's being fought in personal lives. And when the thousand years are expired, this is Revelation 20, chapter 7, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. This is the power that God through Christ has over Satan. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom as the hand of the sea. And this is what I love about this. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. This is what's going to eventually happen. God will win. Christ is the ultimate and will live forever. Verse 10, and the devil that deceived them, that deceived those young men that went out and made fun of Elisha with ill intent, the, the devil that used uh, you know, so many things to destroy and to devour and to maul, it says... He will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. God wins. Thank you so much for listening to the services from Calvary Baptist Church. To hear more of this sermon or other past services, please visit our website, calvarybcgainesville.org. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia.